Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Our top story: hundreds of Chinese illegal marijuana grows cropping up across the U.S. Many of these operations tied to Chinese crime rings. Is Beijing directly supporting them? Lawmakers are looking for answers. Those misusing commercial spyware could find themselves out of luck if they want to enter the U.S. But Washington's new visa policy appears to have a hidden recipient: China's cyber espionage campaign. Chinese stocks see a rebound after more than six trillion dollars got wiped off market value. How should investors read the shifting indexes? We speak to an expert for more. And a two-hour drive turns into a three-day nightmare. Thousands of holiday travelers stranded in a winter blizzard in China. More on how they've survived without water, heat, or aid. The U.S. is facing a new drug problem: illegal marijuana grows operated by Chinese nationals and organized crime groups. Their numbers are spreading across the United States and could be raking in billions of dollars. The operations are also bringing other problems with them: money laundering, human trafficking, and forced labor. In Maine, authorities discovered over 270 suspected Chinese illegal marijuana grows. A leaked memo from the Department of Homeland Security estimates they could bring in over four billion dollars in revenue. Moving to Oklahoma, the Wild West of grow operations, authorities have flagged 3,000 marijuana farms for suspicious activity. Over 60 percent of them have a Chinese connection. Similar Chinese operations are found in California, Washington, Oregon, Massachusetts, Michigan, Colorado, and Nevada. This comes as the U.S. cannabis market booms. Seventy-five percent of that market is illegal, even though marijuana is legal in more than 30 states. Demand for illegal sources of it is higher because it's cheaper to buy. Mexican cartels have been big in the illegal marijuana world, but Chinese pot operations have been a rising force in recent years, and quite a large number of them are run by Chinese crime organizations. Oklahoma has closed almost 1,000 marijuana farms in the past three years, and at least 80 percent of them are tied to organized Chinese crime rings. Authorities say these criminals are laundering millions of dollars back to countries, including China. The pot problem is setting off alarm bells in Washington. Lawmakers are concerned that Beijing may be directly supporting the illicit Chinese marijuana operations across the U.S. Fifty lawmakers are asking the Justice Department for a briefing by late February. Law enforcement officials have reported challenges in busting these networks. What's more, investigators have found these illegal Chinese pot grows are tied to forced labor and human trafficking. The U.S. State Department is announcing new visa restrictions targeting people linked to the abuse of commercial spyware. How does the new policy affect China? NTD's Sam Wang has more. Malware installed on your personal devices could be tracking your activities in real time without your knowledge. A new visa restriction announced by the U.S. State Department will target just that. It's part of a larger effort from the Biden administration to bring consequences for abusing commercial spyware. On the receiving end, those involved in using spyware to monitor, harass, or intimidate people, like journalists and dissidents, the policy will also target companies and investors who have facilitated or contributed to the problem. 
Secretary of State Antony Blinken said that the misuse of spyware poses a national security threat to the U.S. It could also restrict freedom and enable human rights abuses. As for who could be on the list, the State Department will examine that on a case-by-case -case basis. Looking at possibilities, in 2024, Beijing launched a pressure campaign known as Operation Fox Hunt. The program was largely used to coerce Chinese dissidents in the U.S. to go back to China to face retaliation or convictions. Switching back to malware, Chinese cyber threats has long been on Washington's radar. Last week, FBI Director Christopher Wray warned lawmakers that China-backed hackers are working to, quote, wreak havoc on critical U.S. infrastructure. That includes water treatment plants, the electrical grid, transportation, oil pipelines, and many others. Ray also announced that the FBI has thwarted a hacking campaign codenamed Volt Typhoon. The group have attacked hundreds of office routers through malware to access their data. Sam Wang, NTD News. A warning from a leader of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party. He says the U.S. must be vigilant against potential election interference from Beijing. The alert comes from Congress member Raja Krishnamurti, the ranking Democrat on the committee. He says the Chinese regime used technology to interfere with Taiwan's presidential election, and it would be naive to assume the same tactics would not be applied here in the U.S. Chinese leader Xi Jinping reportedly told President Biden that China would not interfere in the upcoming U.S. election. Ahead of Taiwan's election, China's intelligence agency generated hundreds of videos attacking current President Tsai Ing-wen using AI anchors. Officials said China's goal was to damage William Lai's popularity. Krishnamurti said he's also concerned that Beijing could spread its influence on TikTok, a controversial app that's owned by a Chinese company. Right now, TikTok has become a major news source for a third of Americans under 30. Krishnamurti is concerned that TikTok could manipulate content related to different presidential candidates. Chinese stocks did see a rebound yesterday after a series of stimulus measures and stick controls hit the market. We spoke with Frank Xie to understand the overnight stock gains and how he sees the measures impacting the market going forward. He's a professor of marketing at the University of South Carolina, Aiken, and an expert on China's economy. China's benchmark indexes jumped about 3 percent on Tuesday after authorities expanded efforts to stimulate the struggling market. What's behind the rise? It's, uh, it's because of the uh, state-owned enterprises pouring, the government pouring money into that. Right? And what we heard, I heard from the report, is that they, they actually forbade, forbade you know, <clears throat> uh, institutional investors from selling it. And how should investors look at the rebound? But it's not going to last, I can guarantee you, because uh, if you look at the, the economic, the fundamentals of Chinese economy, uh, is losing ground. If you cannot have the manufacturers up, cannot maintain a good uh, export, import-export import to Western countries, you can not just sell to Russia, hoping to make up for the gap. You know, if you cannot do that, and the economy is going down. Xi forecasts Chinese stocks will soon be back to freefall, pointing out the difference between stock markets in China and other countries. In normal countries or in other countries, uh, the stock market is indeed a reflection or inflection of the true state of economy. But that's not exactly the case in China. China is not a market economy. It's not. It's still 
government controlled. You know. As of Monday, Chinese stocks have burnt over $6 trillion in value in the past three years. A fund manager told Bloomberg that China is doing everything it can to save the stocks. What's behind the urgent request? The Chinese government, the communist regime, uh, does see this as a threat to their uh, security, to national security, or a threat to their holding of power in China. According to a Bloomberg article, Chinese regulators are allegedly reporting the stocks to the regime leader Xi Jinping Tuesday. A finance expert based in Beijing said it indicates that things have become so bad that it needs Arizona is stepping forward to combat a crime against humanity. State lawmakers pushing for a bill to fight forced organ harvesting in China. That is, harvesting organs from victims without their consent, often while they're still alive. In 2018, an international tribunal in London ruled on allegations of forced organ harvesting. The tribunal was led by Sir Geoffrey Nice, the lead prosecutor on the trial of a former president of Yugoslavia, a now defunct communist state. It is beyond doubt that forced harvesting of organs happened on a substantial scale and by state-organized or approved organizations and individuals. Back to the Arizona bill. If it goes through, it would restrict financial support for people in Arizona who travel abroad to get organ transplants, including to China. It aims to prevent Americans from unknowingly getting blood on their hands. For years, investigators say China has been matching patients with organs at speeds unimaginable in the West. In 2022, securing a heart for a patient in Wuhan, China, took four days. In 2020, doctors presented a Chinese woman with four hearts to choose from in just 10 days. And in 2005, after a phone call from a top Chinese health official, two hospitals in China delivered two livers to that official within 24 hours. In the U.S., it's common for patients to wait a year for a heart. Right now, over 100,000 Americans are on the national transplant wait list. It's common for patients to die waiting. Without a voluntary organ donation system like America's, China became the top destination for organ tourism in the early 2000s. Foreigners traveled to China for organs, drawn in by the extremely short wait times. A question the West has been asking China for years, where do the organs come from? Ethnic groups targeted for this mass harvesting include Uyghurs, who suffer from Xi Jinping's ongoing genocide, and the Falun Gong, whose peaceful meditation and exercise practices and exceptional good health make their organs highly desirable. Uyghurs are a Muslim minority from China's Xinjiang region. Falun Gong, also known as Falun Dafa, is a peaceful meditation practice with followers spread across China and the globe. The Chinese regime has been persecuting both, arresting and detaining them with numbers in the millions. Some have even tortured to death in prison. And it's still happening in China today. China facing heavy snowfall in the midst of the Chinese New Year travel rush. How are some travelers dealing with the extreme winter weather ahead of the holiday? Let's zoom in. Parts of China at a standstill during one of the most treasured times of year. Cars are stuck. Some highways look like parking lots. 
there is such desperation. People are doing whatever they can to chip away the ice covered pavement. It's all part of a winter blast hitting as hundreds of millions of travelers head home for the Lunar New Year holiday. Tong Zetao is in the middle of it. This journey has been too long and it is indeed a torture. He told me his six hour drive is now taking more than 24 hours. The snow has been falling since the day before yesterday. It has melted a little, but it then turned into ice, so the road is very wet and slippery. He is one of many on a treacherous journey that has left some travelers stranded without food and water. Who needs warm water, this little girl asks as she goes car to car with her mother. Other villagers offer noodles and porridge from over the fence. It's not any easier if you're taking the train. It's packed inside the station in central China as passengers deal with delays. Much of this mess, a flashback to 2008 when blizzards left 24 people dead and hundreds of thousands of people stranded. Yet there's a spirit of determination to make it home. No matter what, we would always head home for the spring festival. It is a Chinese tradition. A tradition that could be hindered by unforgiving forces of nature. Mark Stewart, CNN, Beijing. For those trapped on the highway, many have been stranded for days. Those caught in the storm reportedly turned to survival methods like melting snow for drinking water. Others climbed over highway guardrails to reach nearby villages for food. Please clear the way quickly. We've been here for three days without food or drink. What should we do stuck here? Is anyone coming to save us? In order to conserve fuel, stranded travelers did not run their car heaters to stay warm. Instead, they chose to move around outside despite the extremely frigid temperatures. Due to authorities' inaction, no one came to clear or direct traffic on the highway for days after travelers got blocked. In some cases, people use their bare hands to chip away at the ice and to push cars one by one. Chinese regime leaders are being criticized online about their handling of the incident. Among the concerns was the lack of storm preparation and the poor response time by emergency crews to clear roads and provide assistance. Coming up, deaths reported from China as rooftops cave in due to heavy snowfall. More details on China's winter blizzard. U.S. territory under threat, this as a Guam representative warns of illegal Chinese immigrants infiltrating the island. How can Washington safeguard the American way? And China is grappling with an aging and shrinking population. But what's behind this decline? An expert breaks it down. More on that after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. At least two people have died due to snow-related accidents in China. One person in Hubei and another from the southern province of Hunan. According to local media reports, they were killed when roofs at farmers' markets collapsed under heavy snow. In recent days, videos circulating on Chinese websites show snowbound cars and people stranded on trains. In this video, passengers were trapped on a high-speed train for hours. (laughs) 
Another video shows crowds of stranded passengers at a train station in Wuhan. And this clip shows snowbound cars stalled on highways in southern China. One man, reportedly stuck for over 50 hours, seen crying out in frustration, saying he just wanted to go home. Representative James Moylan from Guam raising concerns about an increasing number of illegal Chinese immigrants entering the territory. He says the influx poses a significant threat to the island and has requested assistance from the Biden administration. He told Fox News that Guam has been, quote, infiltrated by droves of Chinese immigrants. According to Moylan, the immigrants could potentially engage in activities that compromise U.S. security, such as spying for the Chinese Communist Party. Moylan expressed frustration over what he called a lack of support from the Biden administration. The delegate from Guam also mentioned concerns about cybersecurity threats, with the island seeing hacking attempts by the Chinese regime. He stressed the importance of protecting the island, which is strategically crucial for the United States due to its proximity to China and hosting military bases. Guam is the westernmost U.S. territory in the Indo-Pacific region and home to approximately 170,000 U.S. citizens. Nearly 7,000 active duty service members live on the island. Many of the illegal immigrants coming over the southern border are reportedly young Chinese men without families, who notably are also of military age. The detail is raising espionage concerns, but inside China, data reflects an aging and shrinking population, with a record low birth rate in 2023 and the nation's highest death rate in 50 years. To discuss, NTD's Steve Lance sat down with Stephen Mosher, president of the Population Research Institute. Stephen Mosier, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you. Stephen, China's economy appears to be in deep trouble with a dwindling population exacerbating that situation. There are numerous theories as to why, whether it's the one-child policy that was in existence for decades finally catching up or COVID killing far more Chinese people based on, you know, different data, canceled cell phone plans. At any rate, what do you think is driving this population decline and how significant is it? Well, I, look, I think the population decline is being driven by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Chairman Mao Zedong and all of the subsequent leaders have thought of China's population as kind of an, an inexhaustible resource. They can, they can uh, purge 10 million people here. They can starve 50 million people to death in, in the famine after the Great Leap Forward. And it doesn't matter. Because as Chairman Mao said to Khrushchev in 1958, uh, it doesn't matter if we go to nuclear war and lose 300 million people, our women will make it up in a generation. So that's been the attitude of the Chinese Communist Party towards the Chinese people throughout the 70 plus years of Communist Party rule. And they have, they have wantonly squandered the ultimate resource, the one resource you cannot do without, the, the most valuable resource of all human beings and they squandered them in purges and famines and so forth. And of course, the worst offense against humanity in China was the one-child policy, where hundreds of millions of unborn Chinese children never saw the light of day because their mothers were forcibly aborted at four, six, eight, even nine months of pregnancy, and sometimes killed after birth. So all of that is factoring in to the ongoing population decline, which, of course, is now made worse by the economic decline. They are declining in lock, lockstep. The fewer young people you have, 
the fewer people you have starting new businesses, having new ideas, investing for the long term. You've got unemployment rates in China now. At, the government admits somewhere in the 20th up 20, 25% range for young people. I think the actual numbers double that. So young people without hope for the future, without jobs, without the ability to uh, uh, start businesses, are not going to get married and have children, especially if for the last 30, 40 years, they've been told that children are burdens and not blessings. They've been told that everybody should have fewer children for the sake of the country. Now, all of a sudden, you can't turn. NTD Good Morning sat down for an exclusive interview with Jesse Browdy, a principal dancer with Shenyan Performing Arts, to learn about life as an artist for the world-renowned classical Chinese dance company. What was the training process like, and how did classical Chinese dance become his career of choice? NTD's Evelyn Lee was also joined by Jesse Browdy's father, who recalled the difficult decision to send his then-teenage son away to school and how he knew it was the right choice. Watch the full interview exclusively on NTD Good Morning Wednesday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.